Anyway, I'm excited about this. I'm a huge Diamond Dallas Page fan. I think a lot of people here are. So let's get, I'm going to go ahead and stop and kick it back over to CJ so we can get this Q&A going. Thank you guys so much. Hey, ho, everybody. Keep it going. Thank you. Are y'all motherfuckers ready for Diamond Dallas Page? Let me hear you guys make some noise. Yeah. All right, everybody, please <laughs> give it up real loud for Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah. What's Woo. up, boys? <clears throat> Self high five. <laughs> nice. Hello, thank you for being here, Diamond Dallas Page. Hey, good to be here, boys. I uh, I didn't get your link till like minutes ago, and I called my guy. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Where's the link? Wow. <laughs> it's on me. <laughs> But he sent it to me, and so we're here. We're good. Where were you guys? You guys in LA? San Francisco. San Francisco. San Francisco. Okay. Cali, boy. A holding cell for hell. Shit <laughs> 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 that you guys have been going through over the last 18 months. There should be some kind of merit badge or something. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So uh, we have some questions from the comedians and some questions for the audience. Uh, don't worry, not all the comedians are going to be as bad as the one you just saw. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good one. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, uh, Victor, hey. you want to start? You want to? Should we? Okay. Hey, what's up, Diamond Dallas Page? I fucking love you, man. I really like. I've, I've been watching you since WCW. You're the greatest of all time. I love you. Um, <laughs> for real. No, you're one of my favorite wrestling matches of well, all time. You, and I, and I want to ask you about it. Uh, why did you back up Carl Malone when he wrestled Dennis Rodman at Bash uh, of the Beach with Hollywood Hulk Hogan? Sorry. Well, I didn't mean actually, to be confrontational. Actually, Sorry. <laughs> Malone's actually was a really good friend of mine. And, oh. uh, you know, that, that's how it all came about. And no one even had a route to him, you know. And when I heard Rodman was coming in, I just called them up. And I just said, hey, man, I heard Rodman's coming in. And I know you want to get in that ring. I said, you have any problem with Dennis Rodman? And this is before, like, they're not in the playoffs yet. This is like, they're in the, the early part of the playoffs. They don't even know if they're going to be in the finals. And either do, uh, you know, the Bulls at that point. And, uh, he said, no, he goes, as a matter of fact, uh, back in my rookie year, I actually uh, went to rookie camp, you know, over the summer, they all played basketball in a league together. And he roomed with Rodman. And he said, I like Dennis. He goes, I don't know the guy who's wearing the wedding dresses, but Dennis, you know, he's, he's always been all right with me. So I went down to Bischoff's house and I, and I told him my idea of Rodman uh, and Hogan against me and Malone. And uh, that was the night uh, that was game four of the playoffs. They were playing L.A. and uh, the Utah Giants actually swept the Lakers. And uh, Bishop called me up. He goes, let's make it happen. But that's how the deal came about. That's awesome, because like, you know, you know, I'm a kid. I'm watching this. I'm literally getting into arguments at school. I was like, this is fucking real. Diamond Dallas Page. And I used to and like when I first started, I was like, everyone's like, fuck WWF. And I started watching WCW and I used to not call it the diamond cutter. I used to call it the diamond Dallas drop. And I used to say <laughs> wrestling was real because you sold it so good. And then after the fact, I didn't know all this stuff. And it's just like, oh, cool. He's going to be on our Zoom show. This is fucking awesome. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, all, any... it's, all about, it's all about the element of doubt. You know, 
Like when you get in that ring and can you make people like suspend belief for those moments? And I think uh, my match with Goldberg when I, uh, when he was still the champion and I should have beat him and uh, the MGM grand, that was a great match. And uh, the ones I had with Savage were, those fuckers were real. <laughs> they, uh, they did you do cocaine with Savage? <laughs> did you no, do any no cocaine, cocaine with Savage? Okay, no sorry, my bad. No cocaine with Savage. That was only <laughs> years so. Up till I was about 29, you know, I did a lot of, I ran nightclubs. So uh, I was in that whole scene. And yeah, I watched cocaine ruin too many lives. And I sort of went, I think I'll uh, step out of that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, we have another question from uh, Ty Owen. Ty, do you want to ask your question? Hey, Ty. Yeah, sure. I mean, I was, I was, I was also curious about that WCW match, but I guess I'll ask a more modern day question. So you got into wrestling uh, later in your life and later in your career, and then coming back and doing stuff with AEW, uh, you wrestled the Butcher, who's also late into his career. So I guess I'm, I'm yeah. curious about that match and if there was any thought about the kind of similar storylines and paths in that uh and i'm also curious about as you've been around aw who you see as potential new young talent in there that you think might be underrated i'll tell you but first of all it's a great question about andy you know who's the uh is his band what is his band name again every time i die every time i die yeah so a guy who did, did you ever, you've seen uh, Jericho's uh, um, Judas video. It's got like yep. 40 million views or something. <laughs> they filmed that. They filmed that at my GDP Yoga Performance Center. And one of my guys, I put him with Jericho. And he directed that, uh, that video and then would go on to now start his own company. Uh, and he's doing really great. But he's, Jerry, he does everything for Jericho. And about, Maybe three years ago, he calls me up and he said, hey, D, can I bring over my buddy, Andy? He plays in this band every day I die. And, you know, and he's a huge fan. He just started wrestling about last year. You're real inspiration. I'm like, sure, bring him by. So he came by and like, you can see like behind me, like all the, the wall yeah. of all crazy pictures. It's this room's like, I don't know, 1300 square feet. And it just it's a war room. It's full of memories and pictures. And I just put it up and Andy came over here and he was like, wow. <laughs> so I did in, uh, I, you know, I take him out, tell him some stories and then he leaves. Now I only know him as a guy who's doing some indie wrestling. And then he's, you know, he's, uh, he's got a really great band. It travels all over the world. So we're there in Miami. And I'm going to do an entrance and come in. So if all the fans who are outside are coming in and, and as we're walking around the outside of the building, Nathan's filming along with Steve and Nathan's like, I can't believe I'm going to see my favorite guitarist from my favorite band in the ring with my favorite wrestler as a kid growing up. <laughs> and I'm still walking and I go, Okay, I know who the other guy is. Who the hell is that fan? What are you talking about? And he goes, Andy. That's Andy from Everyday I Die. I'm like, Andy. So now let's back up. So the week before, I'm making sure I ain't been in a ring, like to be in a match. 
15 years, like where it's not just an over the top battle royal, couple diamond cutters, I'm out. So, you know, again, I'm going to be 64, like a month after that, you know, so I'm in such great shape. I don't want to get hurt. So I want to make sure that we all get in the ring and we do all, you know, go through and, you know, just, just feel it, feel it out. And uh, so um, the week before that we, we shot the angle, um, the week before MJF, when I go to clothesline him, I wanted him to duck it and I pull him into a cutter. And for some reason, it just, it, he didn't get it. So I kept showing him and showing him. And then I pulled the muscle right here. Oh, oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I do all my stuff. I go out there. And when I drop uh, Andy that first time, he's 300 pounds. Yeah. Oh, now, now I've really pulled it. So now it's the next week. It's, you know, the Saturday before the Wednesday show where we're going to do everything in Miami. And it's still sore. And I've got some deep muscle on me. I've got I've got, got my girl working on me. And I'm like, I'm, I can know I do it. I know I can do it. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. And then Cody tells me, the finish. You blow off your big comeback. And then, you know, uh, QT's going to do a thing where he flips. And Dustin's going to do a thing where he flips. And then you go off the top rope to the guys on the floor. I've never done that. Really? <laughs> I got to grab that picture. Hold on. Because it looked like this. So I'm coming back. So, so uh, Andy, the first time Cody says it to me, I'm up on the turnbuckle, like just sitting up there. They're all on the ground. And Cody just says it like it's a throwaway line. Like, yeah, then you just come up the grow. You come up the top. It's going to be great. And Andy looks at me and he goes, I got you, Dave. I got you. I go, okay. <laughs> so now we get there and I feel pretty damn good. And when we're out there, we're all just talking. Andy's like, don't worry, D, I got you. So when, when, when um, Nathan tells me my favorite wrestler, my favorite guitarist are going to be wrestling the same match together, when I go, Andy. So I woke up to Andy and I go, Andy, I didn't realize you were the butcher. I had no idea who you were until about five minutes ago. So, so I knew how passionate he was about wrestling and music. And I know that because I started when I was 35 and I had this ridiculous run that no one would have ever saw coming. It was all in my 40s. My career didn't take off. That was in my 40s. And um, I knew how much it meant to him. So I felt kind of safe. And if you ever watch that, when I'm flying through the air like this, <laughs> when, when I hit the ground, my head bounces oh. off the, the, the pavement. Not the mat, the pavement. <laughs> oh. Oh. But, but I but I was so pumped up, you know, when you when you don't when you when you're in the middle of a match and you know, like, about, oh, wow, OK, all right, I'm good. Oh, whoa. But when you go, oh, and now you can't move your arm up when I tore my rotator cuff, when I friggin broke my back, 
Like you that that's with that adrenaline rolling. If you if you get hurt then, then that's a problem. <laughs> but that that I was so pumped up, I couldn't believe I made it. I didn't tear my ACL. I didn't break my neck. And the people at an AW an AEW event are fucking insane. Like they they take the energy to a different level. Dusty used to say to me all the time, D, I wish, I wish you could have been up there in ECW. You would have loved it. The people, the people were fucking crazy. And, you know, he mm-hmm. loved He knew how much I loved the business. And I ended up getting it with AEW because it was, and I, I, hit, I hit a diamond cutter for Cody in the first show. And it was like the explosion that went off. It was amazing. I was I was at home watching it. I'd love to hear it. I've I've got to go to two live AEW events, and they've been the absolute hottest wrestling crowds I've ever seen in my entire life as a wrestling fan. Uh, still thinking about the All In, the first show, still gives me shivers. But seeing you come oh. back was was so great, and I just want to thank you for all the memories. And uh, I keep it in the back of your mind for that one more match to hit that extra decade. I uh, I, know, I know you're thinking it, but I'd, I'd love to see it. <laughs> Uh, Cody literally asked me like a week later, as we talk like every Friday, uh, most every Friday. And, uh, he said, so, uh, maybe one more. And I said, bro, if you can figure out how to make it end better than that one, (laughs) I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you beat that. I mean, Jake Roberts, text me what the fuck no ring rust <laughs> you know so you got your other mentor dusty and dusty and uh and jake were, were my two mentors this is a picture of me and dream 33 years ago wow yeah. that great shot or what <laughs> he, oh, he actually had come down to see me in fort myers because my second engagement uh, first one, I left the girls. Second one, she left me, or sort of left me in Canada. And I was I was on a pretty much of a downslope for a couple of days. And he actually came down and took me to a Willie Nelson concert. And there's Dusty singing. <laughs> How classic is that? Like I keep a lot of the light main pictures right here, so I just grab them, pull them up, and show people. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. Uh, we have another question from uh, uh, Jesse. Go ahead, Jesse. Oh, yeah. Hey, Jeff. Hey, man. Uh, so, yeah, it was cool. See, like Ty was just saying a second ago, it was really cool seeing you uh, get back in the ring uh, with AW recently. And I was wondering uh, what it would take to get you to bring back uh, the mullet, man, to grow. I still got some decent hair here, hey, but to, to grab... To grab this hair, now, this picture is before I'm in wrestling, right? This is 1987. Jake had been in my club, right? And, of course, I took care of him. Friggin', he didn't pay for anything. Next time, Miami to Tampa, they, that's the next town. That's 300 miles. So Fort Myers is in the middle. So next thing you know, Ted DiBiase shows up, and this is me and Ted. Do it upside down. Oh. A Look at that. <laughs> nice. uh, if if I had hair that was still like that, <laughs> I'd do the I'd do the fucking mullet. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
Cool. Uh, we got uh, another question from Vahe. Hey, hey, Dallas. Thanks hey, for Bob. doing this and being here. Um, I feel like you in particular, you have like a certain like star quality to you that kind of differentiates you from like a lot of other wrestlers, like the top tier wrestlers. I feel like they have that kind of like star quality and like certain people have that, you know, like myself, for example, I, I have that. Biggest laugh of the right night away. for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. But you do, you do have that. And I wonder, like, is that something that you worked on developing or do you think you just kind of like were born with that or something? I think um, a little bit born a little bit, but. You know, kind of like The Rock, you know, who's the star of stars. You know what I mean? Yeah. He had it, but he didn't have what he had the last 10 years right away. Like, it took time. Like, he created The Rock. I once heard Tony Robbins say, I created Tony Robbins. You know, and, and I know for a fact that it's all about confidence, you know, and and everybody second guesses themselves at times but when you can roll with confidence and i've always been pretty confident because i know i work harder than anyone now the rock's going to tell you you cannot work them well back in the day we're both 40 he might work as hard as me but he ain't going to work harder than me and it, it isn't just on technique it's everything, especially in professional wrestling. It is so hard to get over in a world where it's predetermined. Like, you're losing. Like, you're 35, which was me. And you're going to become a glorified job guy because I was a manager before that. And, you know, Trying to work through that and get people to believe in you. I always tell this is very important in the comic world because especially stand-up. I think stand-up may be the even harder to do. And because you gotta go with shit like the vaccine shit and is it working? Okay, some of that works, some of that did. And you gotta be able to have thick skin to accept, okay, this sucks. And like mm -hmm. I do a lot of like Q and A's. But I'm story. I'm a storyteller, like Jake. So I know what parts of the story are really funny. But I'll give you an example. Uh, <laughs> when 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 I first went to see, and I'll use The Rock as the example. I went to see uh, Big see Big Show. I was wrestling in a, a pay per view in Canada on a Sunday. Saturday night they were there. So me and Big Show, I pretty much rate now. Paul White now, uh, real name, but I always called him G for giant, no matter what. Uh, and and I, I wanted to see him. He was the world champ at the time. And I saw Pat Patterson. We flew in together. And Pat was the head, you know, head of uh, talent relations back then. And I said, Pat, do you, you know, if you mind if I come by? It's like, no, come on by. He didn't mean it, but I went anyway. He didn't think I'd come because no one came to the different like uh, if you were in an um, arena in Baltimore or Dallas, Texas, you didn't go to their show unless you needed a job. I didn't need a job. I just signed a multi-million dollar three-year deal. So I was set, but I wanted to see show. So when I, when I went there, Pat put me up in the sky booth immediately. At the intermission, uh, 
Big Show did the uh, the main event match, and then The Rock was at the end. We stayed to the end. We're about to leave, and he goes, "Let me go in and get my bag." He goes, "Hey, The Rock's probably still here. You want to meet him?" I said, "I'd love to meet him." So we come walk in the locker room. No one's there because everybody got out, so they don't have to get with the crowd, right? So Big Show goes, "Hey, Rock, you here?" He says, "Yeah, I'm in the shower." He goes, "Great." Because I got some huge Mark who's dying to meet you. I'm thinking you. (laughs) (laughs) Instinctively, I just said, yeah, and I don't want to meet you unless you're naked and your balls are all soapy. (laughs) 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 The rock is, you know, you you, you hear someone's voice and you know the voice, but not here. Like, who the fuck is that? So Rock sticks his head around the corner and he's studded up like the Michelin man, you know? And he sees me and he pops. He goes, ah, Diamond. He goes, I'll be right out. He said, take your time, bro. So he came out, you know, classiest fucking guy ever. And at that time, I'm here. But he's on that rocket, you know? I'm freaking as high as I'm going to go at that point. But that's some of it. You have Back when he had the mullet sideburns, oh, I was doing a coming off the the um, coming off the uh, the thing that he did with uh, with the with the guys. Um, I can't remember what they were called. The, the group that he had with uh, um, um, oh. oh God, I can't even think of the guys who were in it. Um, but he was now a single. He was doing oh, kind of like an Elvis oh, type of thing, oh. and um, so. Uh, he, yeah, I said to him, I said, you know, um, Jake told me you were going to be a huge star. And he said the same thing about uh, Stone Cold when he was nobody. Uh, he said the same thing about me in 93. And I, I couldn't believe he said that to me. I said, he said the same thing about you. He said, he said you were so pretty. He didn't know if he wanted to fight you or fuck you. that's that's a perfect example of timing because when i told that joke the first time just in me talking and i was with a friend of mine who was a comic and i said fuck you or fight you and that's funny but it's not as funny as fight you and fuck or fuck you you know (laughs) so so, uh he popped he popped and he said uh you know uh he said, that sounds like something Jake would say. And I said, you know, one of the things that I've been noticing is I've been, I watched everybody's career that I really believe is somebody. And uh, that answer, uh, that other guy's question, uh, I, I'll get to that when I'm done. Because um, he asked me, who do I think an AEW is going to be a, a real star? Um, but at the time, The Rock, I said to him, I said, you know, Jake, t- told me about just so I've been watching you. And, you know, I saw you do something recently where <clears> – <throat> You uh, were being yourself, and then you flipped into the rock this and the rock that, and then you came back to yourself. I go back to the rock, back to yourself. I go that shit was really entertaining, man. I said I can't wait to see what you do with your career. So now I'm walking to the door with show, and right almost out the door, and I hear, "Hey, Diamond." And when show gets out of my way, I can see he's putting on one of his $1,500 Versace shirts. The Rock is, he's rolling into character. I, I can see it. And he says, you know, Diamond, there's only one 
people's champion. And Big Show was like, oh, shit. Because <laughs> he stole that for me, right? And uh-huh. I just stood there. And I stared at him. And he stared at me. And I stared at him and I was like, you know, Rock, you're right. And you, bro, well, you're looking at him. Oh! <laughs> and I'm <laughs> so back to that question I can't remember saying who, got, who asked earlier who do I think's got real talent that's going to really break in uh, AEW well I thought MJF from the moment I met him yep. um, and he is so talented and everybody pretty much knows that but watch Anthony Agogo he's the guy that's with QT he's the English guy he's the shooter fighter uh, Olympic bronze medalist uh, good buddy of mine and like unbelievable athlete, ridiculous work ethic and it factor on steroids. So that kid's going to be, he's going to be a, in the next two years, he will be a main event player for uh, AEW. That's my prediction. And I think QT's doing real well. I think he's going to keep stepping up. Cool. Um, um, Michael Emmond, you have a question? Yeah, I was, hey, Mike. hey, how you doing? It's great to see you. You're, you're kind of, I can see it right away why you're a great motivational speaker. I know a lot about your wrestling career, but how did you get into motivational speaking? You know, just helping people, you know, more than anything. And I listened to a lot of the guys, you know, like one of the early guys I listened to when I was in my 20s was a guy named Zig Ziglar, who was a Bible thumper. But this guy, Man, the shit he said, the quotes he that he came up with, and the one that stuck with me as a kid was, and I made this my own. I I, I put my own spin on it, but it's, it's, it, he said it just. He said the same thing, and what he said was, "You can get whatever you want as long as you help enough people get what they want." And man, I just I live my life by that. You know, one of my favorite stories is um, Thanksgiving 1997. My life changed on two days, one day after my 40th first birthday when I wrestled Randy Savage and I beat him at Spring Stampede. Like, I can't really put it in. I guess it would be like a comic going from The Tonight Show to their own lead in a movie. That's the only thing. I, and the movie Blockbusters. You know, it's the only thing I think I could compare it to in my world because it took off insanely. And uh, Mach and I had the feud of the year, according to Pro Wrestling Illustrated. In 97, WCW gave me the trophy for the, the wrestler of the year. I mean, I lived the dream, came from nothing to be in that spot. And on Thanksgiving Wednesday, I was getting flooded. Remember when we had the beepers? They weren't phones with texts, but they had the beepers. And there was like a text. And um, I kept getting one thank you after another. I probably got 30 guys' jobs. And when I say that, I mean Raven, Canyon, Kidman, uh, Glacier. uh, I mean, Disco. I mean, there's so many guys or guys who had jobs, lost them, and helped them get them back. And all those guys were thanking me, in fact, you know, 
on Thanksgiving Wednesday. And at some point, I'm, I'm having a few cocktails with my buddies. And I start thinking to myself, God, I wonder who doesn't know that I'm thankful. I go, macho, I'll bet you he doesn't know. And then I pick up the phone. And he never answered the phone anytime I ever called him. And I just left a message. I go, yo, Mach. I go, uh, this is going to sound kind of corny, but I just feel, you know, I, I got to tell you, um, I got a lot of guys you know, texting me, thank you for helping them out and you know, helping guide them and get them a job and live the dream. I go, and I started thinking about who doesn't know that I'm thankful. And I'm thinking, I don't know if you know, bro, but it's not lost on me that I don't have this life. This life I'm living right now without you doing me the favor you did for me. And I just want you to know, bro, I'll never forget it. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. And I hung the phone up. And I didn't think about it again until Monday night, Nitro, I'd gotten the building. I was walking around the corner looking for the locker room and off those buildings. You guys have been to somebody's arenas are huge. And off in the distance, I see Randy. And when he sees me, you can see him right up. And he goes, Diamond, Diamond, come here. And I'm like, he was really that way a lot. He was always amped up. And when he took it to here, he really hit you. Like, really hit you. And then you just had to hit him back. You know, he wasn't trying to hurt you, but he did a lot of times. That elbow, nothing fake about the elbow, right? Nothing fake about the elbow. So he sees me, and I'm walking towards him, and he's boom, 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 boom. Like, what the fuck did I do? You know, like, when I get to him, he grabs me, and he pulls me in this office, and he says, diamond. I got your message. Yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. And I listened to it. I listened to it a couple of times. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And then I called my dad. And I said, Dad. And I want to play you something, Dad. And I played it for him. And I said, Dad, did any of the boys ever leave a message like this for you? And he said, no. He goes, I just want you to know it meant a lot. <laughs> he hugged the shit out of me. You know? Um, you know, it's like, please and thank you cost nothing. And that shit can mean be worth millions to a lot of people. Thank you. That was amazing. Thank you. Cool. Um, I, have a, I have a question also. Um, um, so I know that wrestling is like a mostly male fan base, but did you, you did your success translate? Did you get to bang a bunch of uh, sexy ladies? <laughs> did you hook up with any any wrestlers? Any wrestlers did you bang? You know what's really interesting is I came from a nightclub where I was running nightclubs, nightclubs, big, amazing nightclubs and I was the guy so you tell me <laughs> there, was one, there was there was one show there was one show that I was on and I can't remember I want to say it was God oh God I can't remember it was one of those top New York shows and they said so how many chicks have you banged 
And I just went, <laughs> I don't know, 1500. <laughs> and they were like, what? 15? I go, dude, I was in the nightclub business for 12 years. It wasn't like a lot of that came from wrestling, but you know, from there I was a bit, I was a pig. You know, I was, I was what, it was what it was, you know. You know? But I am a one woman man now. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, okay, Chad Opus, you have a question? Hey, hey there, Diamond. Uh, I'm a big hey, fan. I, as like a lot of people, I started watching wrestling in like the late 90s and I got really into uh, WCW after some friends of mine and I went to the, uh, Tacoma Dome to see Spring Stamp Speed 99, where you won your first title mm. against uh, Hogan State Flair. Wow. Yeah. Wow, so I was at, that, cool. at that show, it was great. And uh, then I got very excited to see that you were the villain in the Ready to Rumble movie, which I love, actually. <laughs> and, uh, I was curious about that process, like, because I think that movie actually has some of the best filmed, uh, like, wrestling choreography in it. And I want to know, like, what the difference was between that and, you know, how the how it differentiated like the choreography in the movie and choreography in the ring itself yeah well what sucks about the when it's doing a movie the great part is you have it forever right and when they have our matches forever too but something like ready the rumble is going to stick out because it, it was the youth of so many of you guys who grew up during that like cody rose loves that movie you know um uh David Arquette, you know, ended up taking a lot of heat because they made him the champion for a promotional stunt. Um, but back to the difference, what sucks about making a movie is do it again. Wait five minutes. Let us reset. Do it again. Punch, punch, kick, bump, bump. Punch, punch, kick, bump, bump. It's like there's no time. Like I want to do, I would rather do a 30 minute match with the big show, you know, or Undertaker. Someone's really going to bounce you around than do one day of filming on a movie set. I mean, Perry Saturn called it perfectly. He walked into the tent where all the guys were and he said, Do not show any of these guys your best shit. Because Perry would do that thing where the clothesline and he'd do the 360 and land on his face 10 times. Chris Canyon, he was the main choreographer to the stuff that he walked through with stuntmen and different people who were going to do whenever they were going to do. When I was out there and I took the damn bumps, when Chris was dressed as um, Oliver Platt, he took all the bumps. So Chris was going up and over, if you remember, and going through the table. He did it five times. And on the fifth time, I went, cut, check the game. I stopped it because I knew he might have done it eight times for them to get another angle. Like, surely you got the angle in five shots. So that was the brutal part. I love the acting part about it. Um, because it was fun to play a different version of myself. I've actually got a, I got a brand new show coming up on Netflix. And I just showed one of my best friends it, who's super, super critical of shit. And he really <laughs> dug it. So I'm really hoping we catch lightning in a bottle. But it's called The Guardians of Justice. And it's a very dark superhero show that 
really no one has ever seen before. And you've seen pretty much everything in the superhero world, but you ain't ever seen anything like this. And uh, it's going to be really different. I hope it takes. I hope we get lucky. But, uh, you know, the acting thing is is really fun for me. It's something I'm really going to, I've been waiting for this show to come out. And that's, I'm really going to stick my teeth into that right now. Because my, my company, the DDP Yoga Company, has just been, you know, it's been amazing, you know, for the last nine years. It took eight years to be an overnight success. Eight, <laughs> you know. And you know this very well, being a stand-up. You know, it, it takes years to learn your craft. And something like DDP Yoga, it took years to get people to believe in me, like, Holy shit, like he's really serious about this. Oh my God, did you see the, have you guys seen the resurrection of Jake the Snake? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Fuck yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. You know, that, that, that's on Amazon Prime right now. And we just released our second documentary, which is really from, and anyone who's a stand-up, anyone who's an entrepreneur, anyone who's looking to be inspired, should go see Relentless on Amazon Prime because it deals for me blowing my back out. Did you hear being that? Told, can, you, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, yeah we can hear you. Okay. It goes from me blowing my back out. Basically, I ruptured my L4 and L5. I broke my back. I'm done. According to three spine specialists. Less than three months later, first 42 years of my life, I'm a guy who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga. But when you blow your back out and they tell you your dream's over, you're willing to get flexible, not just in the body, but in the mind. And when I started doing the yoga and the rehab, the old school calisthenics, and when I created my own thing, in less than three months, I was back in the ring. So take, take people through that and then into what I did with the program. And the bottom line is, I tell you all the negative shit. I tell you where I lose my house. I made millions of dollars and I invested it all in. And it looked like it was never going to go, but I never gave up. And eight years later, it hit. And nine years later, if I die tonight in my sleep, it will quadruple because of the community and the people's lives that it's touched. So, you know, it's all about, you know, that's why I really want you to watch Relentless, especially if you're a stand-up, because you need to know you just got to keep moving. You just got to keep filling your mind with positive energy, positive affirmations. Let me ask you guys a question here, and I just want to know if you know who this is. There's a quote, and one of the guys asked, asked earlier about you know being a motivation. You know, I'm just being me. I'm not trying to be some motivational guru. You know, I'm just being me. Because when I share shit with people and it changes their life, it makes me feel amazing. It's the greatest trip ever. So here's the quote. The repetitions of affirmations leads to belief. And once that belief becomes a deep conviction, things begin to happen. Does anybody know who said that? No. no. Okay, so let me just give you an example of that before I tell you. The repetitions of affirmations can be really good or really fucked up. 
If you're going up on stage, you start thinking, God, what if I fuck up? What if I can't remember my shit? God, I'm so fucking nervous. You're fucked. You know, yeah. you can't walk on stage. You got to walk on stage and own it. When I was going to accept my Hall of Fame ring, 20,000 people are in that building. You're speaking to 20 grand of people. And there's millions of people watching at home. When they heard my speech and they said, they can't be over 15 minutes. Mine was 27. <laughs> when they heard it, when they heard it, they, I had a lot of people to thank and I wanted to tell great stories around it. When they heard it, they said, don't go over 30, you're first. <laughs> well, now I've really put myself in a pressure position. And I very easily could have been like, God, what the fuck was I thinking? Writing a 30 minute, you know, 27 minute speech. What if my iPad freezes? What if I forget <laughs> where I am? What if I get lost out there? I got to fill that time. That's what they're looking for. But that wasn't what I was saying to myself. The only, the only conversation in my mind, this is going to be the greatest day of my life in professional wrestling. I'm going to blow everyone away. I'm going to make them laugh. I'm going to make them cry. I'm going to inspire them. That's the only voice. The only voice in my brain. When I jumped off that top ring that some of you guys brought up AEW earlier, when I did this shit before that day, going to that uh -huh. day, I'm never, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to blow everyone away. This is going to be the coolest thing I've ever done. That's the only voice in my head. And when I went out there, AEW, it was the most fun way to ride off into the sunset. And when I went to, a, to WWE and took the, got that Hall of Fame ring, it was the greatest friggin' moments in professional wrestling in my life. Because I got to thank everyone. So go back to the repetitions of affirmations leads to belief. And once that belief becomes a deep conviction, things begin to happen. Now, when I saw that, and then I saw who said it, I said, fuck, I know what his affirmation is. So let me see if you do. This was his affirmation. I am the greatest. I'm the greatest of all time. Uh, 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 yes. 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 Who is it? Yes. The one and only yes. Muhammad Ali. Uh -huh. This is a picture of me and him. This oh, is one wow. of my favorite moments wow. ever. And the next time I saw him, he said, lock up, Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> that was my hero wow. growing up as a kid. Yeah. Yo, still is today. Even Dusty, <clears throat> Jake, and whatever. But the when I saw it, like, how do you know that? Like, you know, as soon as you heard, I am the greatest, I am the greatest of all time. Like, you know, you know it's Ali. How? Because we saw him say it a, a 10,000 times. Mm -hmm. The repetitions of affirmations. He'd been saying that to himself since he was a kid. It works positively and negatively. True. You pick. Mm -hmm. You pick. PMA, man. All fucking day.
Mm-hmm. Okay, we have another uh, comment or question from uh, Peggy. Hey, Peggy. Hi. Love your hair. I, thank you. <laughs> it's all mine, actually. And it's natural. God. Anyway, I, I got to like tell that. you something. <laughs> anyway, I just want to thank you for inspiring my husband to get oh, awesome. Four years ago in February, I had an aneurysm and I, I, I was should have died. And my head exploded and he saved my life and he got me to the hospital. And I went to UCSF and had the best neurosurgeon that took care of me. And because... He took care of me. He was by my side the whole time. I was in the hospital in rehab. Um, he gained a lot of weight and he was really out of shape. And on my mom's birthday four years ago, my mom had a talk with him and said, you know, you saved Peggy's life. Save your own. And he decided that was it. And he, four years later, this man's lost over 230 pounds and he looks wow. amazing. Wow. Can I show? Is Can I show? Awesome. Well, he's watching anyway. It's Kyle Prince yeah. and he looks uh-huh. great. So thank <laughs> you. Hey, Kyle, congratulations, uh. bro. That's that's huge. But I, if you want to check out a great site too, I tell people don't listen to anything I say about my own program. Go to Facebook and just Type in DDP yoga one word. There's a community there of people. Uh, he's that, part of it. He's in there. Right? I mean, yeah. is it the most unbelievable place ever? Like, I, my buddy of mine, Chris Gabriano, started it. And then one day, I, I, I hadn't really paid any real attention to it. And I went over there and I saw, holy fuck, there's like 45,000 people on this page. And they're so active. You know what? They support each other. They support each other. That's the most. He tells me all about it. That's one of the most amazing things. So what I did for on my app, every Monday, I've got motivational Monday. Tuesday's a new workout. Wednesday, new cooking shows. Thursday is tip of the week. But Friday, I started doing fabulous Facebook Fridays. And all I do is read what people write. And like, there's this one woman two weeks ago, her name's Melissa. And she's probably about 5'5". Five, five. She was 250 mm-hmm. when she started. And she took pictures. She said, I call, I have to tell you that I had to call my mom. And she's about 40, I guess, 35, 40. And she goes, and ask for permission to show a picture in my undies. And she's got <laughs> the bra and the panties, and she's got a big belly. Yeah. And then there's another picture in the same little bra and panties, and she's down 33 Tiny. pounds wow. in two months. In right two on. months. That's great. And man, I, I read her thing, and I made sure before I put it up there, I called her and said, hey, Melissa. She goes, oh, my God, DDP, you're calling me. I call people all the time who do the program, especially who work on that site, because there's always somebody's amazing story. And I said, I saw your post. She goes, oh, my God, I can't believe it. I go, can I make a video on fa- for, for Fabulous Facebook Friday? She goes, you're going to make a video about me? I go, yeah. She goes, oh, my God. I'm like. Oh, awesome. You're good. <laughs> and so she cool. was. Yeah, That's it's right so on. cool. So, 
You know, someone asked me earlier about that. You know, where does the motivation? I mean, I just live it, man. <laughs> I live it and I love what I do. I love Thank what I do. You're spreading it. You're making people's lives much better. Thank you. Thank you, Peggy. Boy, tell Kyle, right? Your husband's Kyle? Yeah. He's tell, listening hey, Kyle, to you right now. Great job, brother. Now, tomorrow, do your DDPY or else. Bang! He's giving you a, thumb, he's giving you a thumbs up. Awesome. I'll make sure he does. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. My uh, thumb's dying. I got to go. <laughs> see you, Peggy. Bye, Peggy. Um, okay, so after hearing that great motivational story about Kyle, we have somebody who needs to lose 200 pounds. Uh, Victor, he's back. Thank you. Huh? Another question. He's going to ask you a series of silly questions. I think, Victor, you asked some questions. Go ahead. All right. Hey, Diamond. Um, I love hey, you. So good to see you again. Oh, great seeing you too, man. You're fucking killing it, man. Um, and I'm smoking weed and I'm, I'm like, taking the camera off so you don't <laughs> you don't judge me so um so I don't know. i'm all snitching on myself right now so um one of, one of my comedy buddies hit me up he's like are you really gonna interview diamond dallas page and like, yeah he's like dude ask him if he's ever got a boner wrestling anybody and who <laughs> medusa it's how i'm gonna do Di diamond cutter <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay follow-up question she was Oh my she, gosh, she hilarious. was smoking hot, Deuce. <laughs> Wait, was it a recording like a like a Monday Nitro or like Thursday? Uh, I can forget what the Thursday one was. It's been years, and I've done hella drugs. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, it was one of them. It was one of yeah. them. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. So it was live. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. I guess I wasn't paying attention, mm -hmm. and thank God I wasn't looking. Uh, follow up question: Have you ever given anyone a boner during <laughs> wrestling? And if so, who? Mm -hmm. <laughs> No, I don't really. I'm not like, really. Uh, you know, I never knew Canyon was gay. I knew Canyon all the way up to probably about two years before he killed himself. I, oh, and man. When he told me and when he told me, I was like, there's a good uh, uh, dark side of wrestling coming up. And it's really like a celebration of Chris's life, even though he killed himself. Uh, when he killed himself, I felt like, you know what? He wanted he wanted to be there than more than he wanted to be here. That's how I saw it. Uh, but when he told me he was gay, I was like, you know, because he was going to put it out there. Uh, and uh, I was like, uh, awesome, bro. And every one of his friends reacted exactly the same. And I think he thought he, it was going to be something different. You know, that story you tell yourself. It's not always positive, you know. Dude. Diamond, have started you ever had started killing his shit? <laughs> uh, Diamond, have you ever given? I'm sorry. Ha, has a woman ever given your schlong the diamond cutter? Um, kind of. I guess you would call it that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. God damn. Look, rock, look. rock hard and ready to go. You know what can I tell you? <laughs> I'm glad I'm asking these questions. Okay. Uh, uh, will DDP yoga make me flexible flexible enough to fuck my um, wife elephant style? Well, let's put it like this. I'm 65. My, my girl is 47. And I'm still unstoppable. So that could be you too. <laughs> that could be you, my friend. Okay, I have a question. Um, 
You personally made me cry in the resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. Do you think you, you owe me an apology? I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. No, man. I was crying, and my wife is, she's like, you're watching wrestling, right? I'm like, this isn't about you right now. It was so beautiful, man. It was really, thank you, really man. great. And dude, thank you. I, thank you for helping him. Like, seriously. Thank, that, I mean, I'm that that is one of my if if I were to say of everything that I've been a part of, and I'm talking about a Hall of Fame ring, fucking, you know, world championships, that is my favorite thing that I've been a part of. To be able to help the guy that was one of the Dusty believed in me, but not as a wrestler in the beginning. Jake was the first one to believe in me as a wrestler. And the power, you know, I always say never underestimate the power someone gives you by believing in you. And it was super, and that for, for me to be able to turn it around and be able to help him and really help him. Like today, man, Jake, I'm so proud of Jake, man. I mean, it's unbelievable what, you know, his life is at 67. Well, I'm 65, now he's 66. It's like he's got a complete rebirth. He's making more money. And when he goes back on, when they go back to where he does his storytelling stand-up that he does, he was packing out everywhere. Between that and AEW and Cameo, forget about it. Jake's making twice as much money that he ever made in his life. And That's back awesome. in the day, in the 80s, Jake did the 91-day tour where they worked straight for 91 days, Whoa. double shots, Saturday and Sunday. Think oh about how many God. matches that. That's why those guys, you're so beat up, man. But you're like so humbled because you you had two grown-ass men in your house at Scott Hall, too. And I was like, what oh, the God. fuck is going on? This is the resurrection <laughs> of Jake the Snake Roberts. And then you come out. I'm like, dude, it's Diamond Dallas Page. And then Scott Hall comes out. I'm like, oh, my God. I wonder what's really going on behind the scenes. Like, hey, you guys need to wash your laundry and shit. I know you guys are getting better. But you need to wash your fucking dirty and shit stained underwear. I don't know. what. Like, I was just like, like, how hard was it to, to live with other professional wrestlers i mean going on the road with other oh, comics it's a pain in the ass yeah. for a week and you're going on the road with these men for like 300 and i don't know 300 plus days a year and so <laughs> it doesn't i don't know like like wrestling i'm sorry comedians love wrestling and even though people make fun of us like we have a, adult conversations about wrestling and people look <laughs> at us like we're psychos and we're talking about like ways of murdering people in like a serial way and and um because wrestling's legit. We're talking about like we're little kids and, you know, wrestling's very special. And what you did, I, I, I guess uh, my question is, uh, how was it like having Scott Hall and Jake the Snake Roberts in your house, detoxing, getting better, rehabilitating themselves? Like, like, was it taxing or like and also having a film crew in there? Like, how did you feel? Because I was just like, fuck, man, he must be stressed the fuck out. It, you know, it, it didn't in the beginning. But as time went on, because, you know, Jake fell down. You know, Scott didn't fall down once when he was living with me. He did after, and he picks himself up, and he gets brushed himself up, and, and he gets back to sober. And then he'll fall down again and get back up. Where Jake hasn't fallen down since a year after he left. But oh, during that time, he fell down a number of times. 
But every time he got a little better. And every time I had to be that tough love shit, which I didn't want to do to my body, but I had to, you know, I had to do it. And, uh, you know, it's really what Jake needed. And uh, one of the, my favorite lines by Jake Roberts ever. <laughs> do you guys remember the call that was out there when we called? What, what happened was we were all sitting in the kitchen and I got a text from Sean Waltman, you know, X-Pac. And he said, hey, Dally, um, I know you're helping Jake. Will you please call Scott? He said he's got a gun. He's going to kill himself. So I show that friggin' text right to Jake. And Steve's got the camera <laughs> right away when I say he's got a text. And Steve just started filming. And I said, let's call him. And we call him. And the first call was probably about 15 minutes and he was annihilated. But by the end of the conversation, he really started saying, you know, this is the most positive I've felt in 10 years and I'm going to do it. I'm going to come and blah, blah, blah. And, and then we, you know, we hung up and I looked at Jake and I said, man, can you imagine if you, now let me probably preface this. Jake and Scott, and you guys will remember this, in the 90s and in 2000, there was the dead man's list. Like, who's the next guy to die? The list was all over the internet. And always on everyone's list, Jake was one or Scott was one, and the other was number two. Oh, my God. And I look at Jake, knowing all that, but knowing where Jake is after two months. And Jake was down... Uh, Jake was down in the first three months, I want to say six, maybe, maybe 40 pounds or something like that. But, but he had, no, it was 60 because he was 60 days sober. Scott didn't care about anything, but 60 days sober. And, and that's when he started, you know, I heard, you know, cause he was actually, he was actually in a hospital in a bed where his heart picker, cause he got those, uh, stints in his heart went off three times he thought he was dead and one of the fans snuck into the room who was also an orderly and showed him a picture of jake and how good he looked and scott brought it up annihilated he remembered that yeah jake you got 60 days like it shocked him but he remembered this kid you know, by the end of the conversation, we're at a spot where, like, there's something there. Maybe he really will come. And after we hung up, I looked at Jake and I said, man, can you imagine if you and Scott Hall got sober in the same year, in the same house? And it just took Jake a second. And he said, ah, he goes, I'm going to go get your crown of thorns ready right now. <laughs> Never sold it. Just said it and walked away. Going to get your crown of thorns ready right now. Uh, it was it was really stressful at times, but it was really great at others. You know, and to get to the end of it and both those guys not only get 
you know, on a better path, but get more dignity for themselves. My goal was that Jake Roberts could walk away from the business with his head held high. That was my goal. Nice. Cool. I, Okay, Victor, you have something else to say? Um, yeah. Um, Diamond. Um, I'm Mexican, and I grew up with a black box, and I saw a lot of your pay per view events. How much money do you think I owe you? <laughs> <laughs> you want to know what's really funny? People have come to workshops, and like I've done, I do WrestleMania time. I do them at AEW times, and there's like a hundred and some people there, right? And I've had five different instances where people have come up to me and said, I feel really embarrassed about this and I want to pay you for this. I bootlegged your DVDs in the beginning. <laughs> and can I, buy the, can I buy the real ones? I go, dude, she's right over there. I'm so embarrassed. I go, I'm so happy. Whatever it took to help you get. <laughs> to where you are, man. And I meant it too, man. I mean, it happened five times I that I knew about. Like I was like, awesome. you know, and, and they every single person that sits in on by because they wanted to have the real shit. You know? It's super cool, man. Super cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> thanks. I saw thanks. somebody flash up there with a DDPY backdrop. Where did I see that? Somebody popped up there. Oh yeah, there he's, he is. Uh, he's your uh <laughs> I think we're going to wrap it up with uh, this last guy, Jake. Mm -hmm. Hey, Jake. Hey, hey DDP. Uh, just want to say thank you so much. I have a broken back that wasn't diagnosed until like a year after it healed. Because <laughs> I was oh, wow. 80 hours a week, and I just thought I was getting old. And your program has really been helping. So thank you That's so much. That's awesome, man. So let, let me ask you, are you using the app or the DVDs? App. I got the heart awesome. monitor and everything. Listen, any of the guys who's on here right now who can see if you're watching this show, I just put this up there for this week. Just go to ddpyoga.com backslash cameo and you get 30 free days on the app. Because I wouldn't do it a thing I'm doing a promotion with cameo. So it's the only time you're going to get that. So if you want it, go and get it. Now, one of the things I want to ask you, have you what's what's your weight situation? How much weight do you carry it? Um, 240, 6'2". Okay, so you're, you're, it's not a weight thing for you. It's more yeah, of a, a back thing. Yeah, and, it's really about the strengthening of the back and, yeah, the core and all that. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's why I developed it. It was never about weight loss. But we've had so many people lose, like, insane weight. Because when you take that weight off, it's so much easier on your knees and your oh, yeah. back and your hips you know i just started but, and i'm uh, still feeling in my knees and still trying to get it going but yeah it's so it's, it's still just it's workout it's repetition jake more than anything man it's just consistency and i want to uh let me see if i can find something hold on one second this is something i want to leave you guys with oh i don't have it down oh yes it is over here i was watching uh some of uh my uh my, uh, I was actually listening to Teddy Swims in the background. You guys know who Teddy Swims is? No. And you guys know that Teddy Swims is a great artist. Uh, you can catch him on YouTube. He's, he's releasing a new album on Friday. Um, let me see. I want to, I want to just give you a little something to, because you, you're starting this and you're putting the work in. This is something I read and 
I thought, fuck, I'm going to like, I'm going to learn it. I haven't learned it yet, but it's discipline is like self-love. Nobody wants to tell you why discipline is so important. Discipline is the strongest form of self-love. It's ignoring current pleasures for bigger rewards to come. It's loving yourself enough to give yourself everything you ever wanted. If you keep putting the work in, bro, your not only your back shit will be gone, you know, your, your body will feel, you know, like mine. <laughs> Unstoppable. You know, and I'm just going to show you guys because this is like one of my bar tricks. All right. Standing here talking to you. I've been on the phone with you for an hour. At any point, taking either foot, sticking it in your face, <laughs> pulling it over my head, and have a conversation with you at six foot four, 224 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. At <laughs> <laughs> 65 years young. So, yeah. you know, boys, it's been a pleasure, man. I've, uh, I really had a good time with you guys, man. Cool. Thank, Thank you, you so much for doing this. And, of course, it's been your pleasure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Thank you, boys. Thanks. Thank you. Round of applause Thank you. for DDP, everybody. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.